Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Monday, May 1st. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're going to call today Mayor Day because throughout the show, yes. we're going to have three mayors, potential rayers, mayors, <laughs> rayers, mayors, three potential mayors on the show for interviews. By the way, did you know, Casey? Yeah. Tomorrow is election day. <laughs> I've heard that. You're going to tell me that throughout the morning, aren't you? <laughs> So, yes, we're going to have, uh, coming up at 9.30, we're going to have Woody Ryder, who's running to be the mayor of Carmel. Mm-hmm. At 10.30, we're going to have Scott Willis, who's running to be the mayor of Westfield. We are, with Scott, going to address the egregious... What you talking about, Willis? ...decision he made to not run his ad, starting with what you talking about, Willis. Mm-hmm. And then at 11.15, we're going to have Abdul with us, who's running to be the mayor of Indianapolis. Sounds good. Okay, so Bill Maher and Elon Musk, they were trading notes on Friday on wokeness and cancel culture, and this was on Bill Maher's Real Time, which is on HBO. They've kind of got this damned if you do, damned if you don't attitude. But during the conversation, Elon Musk told Bill Maher that the woke mind virus has infiltrated schools and teachers are indoctrinating American youth. It must be refreshing. Because I've never had the moment because I've always been this way. But there must be, it must be refreshing to have a moment in your life by which you say, I no longer care about the ramifications of speaking my mind. Mm. So for example, I accepted at a very young age that I was going to be a poor person throughout my life. (laughs) And as such, I learned to live as a poor person. But the value in always being able to tell someone exactly what you think of them, there is no monetary value I can put on the peace of mind I have every single night when I put my head on the pillow and know that I have said exactly what I wanted and I didn't hold back because I'm worried about a paycheck or the value of a company or whatever. And for Elon Musk... You know now, based on his behavior the past year, that for 20-plus years, he was biting his tongue, not saying things that he thought about politicians, about the radical left. And now, since the purchase of Twitter, he has basically just said, I'm embracing this. I'm going to say what I think. Mm-hmm. And if Tesla is hurt in the process... So be it. It's it's like a real-life, the movie Bullworth, right? It's like a come-to-life version of Bullworth, and it's kind of refreshing. I think what you call that is blank you money. Yes. When you've got a certain amount, you just don't care anymore. You have to either make one or two, you have to make one or two choices. You can make the choice like I did, which is money doesn't matter to you and you will lose. I can't tell you the amount of money, Casey, having an opinion has cost me over the years. Don't care. Do do not care. Or you have to, you have to be in a position like Elon Musk where you have so much money that it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, I lost a billion dollars. Don't care. Who cares? Yeah. At least he's he's free to tell the truth, at least his truth. Many people are saying he's uh, conservative and he still keeps claiming, no, I, I'm a moderate. But at one point during their conversation, Bill Maher asked if this wokeness is on the parents. And Elon says it's been happening for 20 plus years and parents just don't know what kids are being taught. And as we've seen recently 
with that video that was released of all the schools and the superintendents throughout the state of Indiana. Well, they don't know what they're being taught because half the time it's not being transparent to them. They're being lied to. Yeah. So let's uh, let's take a little listen here uh, to Elon Musk on with Bill Maher. Woke mind virus. How did it start? Was it bats? Was it a, a <laughs> escape from a lab? I mean, what is your assessment of what? Because it's fairly recent. <laughs> why? Did, why? How did it start, and why? I was. So I was trying to figure out where where it's coming from. I think it's actually been a long time brewing. Um, in that it's. Uh, I think it's been going on for a while. Um, it, 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 and. Um, the, the amount of indoctrination that, that's happening in schools and, and universities is, I think, far beyond what parents realize. Um, and I, I only I sort of came to realize this somewhat, somewhat late. Um, the, the, the experience that we had uh, in, in high school and college is not the experience that, that kids today are having um, and, and hasn't been for, I don't know, ten, 10 years, maybe 20 years. So uh, are parents themselves also a big part of the problem. They, well, I, I suppose in some cases that parents, but, but I think like the, the parents are just generally not aware of what their, their kids are being taught uh, or, or what they're not being taught. Okay. Um, they're letting the kids think that they're well, equal. I mean, yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me give you an example that, that a family told me, which uh, you know, his uh, daughters uh, go to college. And, okay, and I, I want to be able to get to into school. this. And uh, by the way, we let Casey do the template today. Mm-hmm. Um and so if it's the greatest show ever, you get all the credit. If it's the worst show ever, it's all your fault. Okay. And you've got 9,000 pieces of audio we've got to get through on this template today. Yeah. So a couple of things that he said that I think are super important. Yeah. Number one, it's like the, the, the frog in the boiling pot of water thing that happened here, where it wasn't instantaneous that one day this radical leftism just blatantly started getting taught in public schools. It's been a buildup to this, where they keep getting away with it. They, they being the public education extremists, the angry red-shirted teachers, they keep getting away with stuff. And the reason they keep getting away with it, and by the way, isn't it amazing? Uh, Elon Musk is one of the most brilliant people walking the planet, and I find him so uninspiring verbally. Like, I dread, and we have to play him because he is so important in society, but I dread when we play his audio because I want to stab myself between the eyes with an ice pick because he will not, like, he will not form complete sentences, and he mumbles, and it's like, how are you the richest man in the world? Yeah, I think the same thing, and I often wonder, is it because he is selecting his words so carefully? I, I just think some people just communicate their brilliance differently, and he's obviously IQ off the charts, but he verbally sucks, but he's very important. And, and one of the things I think he was trying to say, if he would ever get to the damn point, <laughs> is parents are to blame on this because my parents taught me how to think for myself. So like when a, if a teacher, now they didn't do anything to the level of what we're seeing today, but if a teacher pulled what I perceive to be bull crap in the classroom, even at 16, 17 years old, I knew how to think for myself and either push back on the teacher or I, I had in college one time, I took a class and the teacher absolutely was the polar opposite of everything I was politically. And we really didn't even do the class. It would just be me and the teacher debating, fighting, arguing, whatever. And I got an A in the class because she, she admitted, she's like, the students are getting way more out of this than whatever I was going to teach. I knew how to think for myself because my parents taught me how to think for myself. And they were engaged in what did you learn today in school? And if there was something that was 
a red flag. They would then engage me in a conversation on it. Parents are to blame. I'm sorry. We can put the, I mean, yes, obviously it's ridiculous where our tax money is going, how these teachers are manipulating and indoctrinating and abusing little kids for their warped ideology, how they're hiding it from parents. But ultimately, those are your kids. Right. You're supposed to engage with them. You have to know. It's the dinner table. Well, and one thing that, Bill Maher says, well, Elon Musk says, it's different when we were in school and when we were in college and we were in high school, it's a different experience. And I believe that because when I was in high school, it's a, it was much different than what my daughter experienced. And I kind of trusted in the process that she was getting the same education I was why getting. Why did you trust? That's the question. Though. Why yeah. did you trust Well, it? because I had no reason not to. Like, why would I think she was getting a different... I knew certain things were much different. I knew I didn't have active shooter drills when I was in high school. We had tornado drills. So I knew there were certain elements that were different. But when it comes to curriculum, why would I why would I yeah. second guess that? I just expected that it would be the same stuff that I was taught, but it wasn't. So Vivek Ramaswamy, he Your boyfriend. was he was on Face the Nation and he stated that gender dysmorphia is being taught in schools. So he was going after schools as well. Let's take a listen. Part of why parents now suddenly feel that way, let's ask ourselves that, Chuck, is we've created a culture that teaches parents that they're being bigoted or that they're bad people if they don't actually take those steps. So part of what I think is, listen, gender dysphoria for the rare few people who have suffered it is a condition of suffering. My question is, why on earth are we going out of our way to create even more of it? And there's no doubt that the cultural movement in this country, even education, is creating more gender dysphoria. If it's a condition of suffering, let's not create more of it. That's what we're doing. So that, so he's running for president. You love him because he has a very big wallet. Wallet, and <laughs> uh, not to say you're not very happy in your current situation, but you perhaps could see yourself being happier. Um, the uh, and so you're enamored with this guy. Now I don't think he's all that great, but you you think he's the guy. I don't think he's the guy, but I appreciate that he's bringing conversations to the forefront. I've never seen he's not he's not dodging them. He's not afraid to have his conviction out there. Casey, I have never seen you may have heard we're doing very well in the ratings. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a major uh, talk radio station play more clips of a guy polling at 0.3 percent than we do here on this radio show. So it's fine. You really like this guy. Well, you know, Bill Clinton was third place at this point in the race as well. And I feel that Vivek maybe is in that space. At this point in time, where the election is going, but let's let's get to this last clip really quick. Chuck Todd asked Vivek how he knows that there's no spectrum for gender, and Vivek is having none of it. How do you know it's that? Again, how do you know? Are, are you confident that you know that gender uh, is? Uh, as binary as you're describing it? Are you confident that it isn't a spectrum? I am. Uh, you know I'm, this as a scientist? Well, there's, there's two X chromosomes if you're a woman, an X and a Y. That means there's you're a, a lot man. of so scientific research out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm-hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question of what else is going wrong at home? What else is going wrong at school? Let's be compassionate and get to the heart of that, rather than playing this game as though we're actually changing right. our medical understanding I, for the last I, I go 100 back years. To this. That is that is that is so stupid, Casey. 
and we got to get to it. Can we take a break? Because when we come back, mm-hmm. I may say something that gets me fired, but I don't even care. <laughs> that is beyond stupid. For, on Chuck what? Todd Chuck Todd? He is. That, that yes. is. Yes. Oh, ah! <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. It is 922. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Super Mario Brothers. The movie has joined an exclusive club that started forming in 2020 when the pandemic started. That is movies that have reached 10 figures, which Super Mario Brothers have done collecting over a billion dollars at the box office. Other movies that have done this, Jurassic World Dominion, Top Gun Maverick, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Avatar The Way of the Water. Also trending this morning, Tim Bachman from BTO. He has passed away at the age of 71. Their hits include Let It Ride, Roll Down the Highway, Taking Care of Business, and this one. staple of any classic rock or a classic hits radio station. Isn't it interesting because the the 1970s of which BTO was at their their peak the early to mid 1970s was sort of the second wave in which there was a a generation of people where music mattered. So the first generation where music mattered and was kind of at the epicenter of society was the 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 1950s early 19 60s wave so basically like Elvis through the early Beatles it was like music is the thing it's shaping culture it's influencing young people that really had not happened on a large scale in society until the mid 1950s and so then there was kind of this lull um, really after Beatlemania and then it kind of re- established itself where music is the culture or the voice of the culture or defining what people do and that late 1960s through the mid 1970s it was once again that and those people who who were the front men of that are literally dying off Mm -hmm. and when you think about bto was well, do we put them on the same category of, say, the Rolling Stones? No. But you know my theory, Casey. We got into this with Bread several weeks ago. If you've had three mega hits, mm-hmm. then you are the upper echelon of music history, and you should be placed in that 
cl- cl- uh, class of reverence and BTO certainly certainly did. They had more than three mega hits. Yeah, and sustainable hits too, because any one of their songs, Let It Ride, Taking Care of Business, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, still currently being played on classic hits and classic rock radio consistently yeah. and have been since their release. 24 minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You want to go back and review Vivek when he was talking with Chuck Todd on Face the Nation. Oh yeah, so, so let's reset this for everyone who did not hear Vivek Ramaswamy who Casey's madly in love with was on he's running for president was on with Chuck Todd on um Face the nation. No, he's NBC. What is NBC? That's Meet the Press. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and um uh they got into this comment about genders and Chuck Todd said one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Let's replay it for you. How do you know it's that? Again, how do you know are, are you confident that you know that gender uh is uh as binary as you're describing it, are you confident that it isn't a spectrum? I uh, am. You know I'm, this as a scientist. Well, there's there's two X chromosomes. If you're a woman, an X and a Y. That means there's you're a, a man. lot so of scientific a research out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm-hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question of what else is going wrong at home? Okay, yeah, What perfect, else is perfect. going wrong? At- so this is what the left does. They take the insane or the ridiculous or the uber ultra rare and normalize it. Vivek Ramaswamy is right. Mm-hmm. It was called a disorder because it is. It's not doesn't mean you're less of a human being if you're a man and believe you're a woman, but that is not normal. It's not. It's so rare that you actually believe that unless you're being manipulated to think that. It is up until very recently a disorder because that's what it is. It is not normal behavior. There's a reason men and women have to be together to procreate. There's two of them. There's a man and a woman. There's a male and a female. And for him to stand up there and go, well, science says... Bull crap. I think it's really interesting that on mainstream media, on a leading news program, Chuck Todd says, well, don't you think there's a spectrum? Are you a scientist? <laughs> Vivek, which is why I like him, he was having none of it. He was like not afraid. He didn't back down. He just said, no, you know what? I disagree. This is where I stand on this issue. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Casey, did you know? <laughs> that tomorrow's election day. Tomorrow is election day. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that. And so today, throughout the day, we're going to be interviewing uh, mayoral candidates for some of the big offices across central Indiana. There's several primaries on the ballot tomorrow. And when we come back, uh, Woody Ryder, mm-hmm. he's uh, running to be the mayor of Carmel, is going to join us. There's been so much drama in this Carmel mayor's race. This dude got accused of, like, strong-arming vendors with the city to support him, or they were going to have contracts, and he's really wants to talk about that, really wants to push back on that, and talk about his vision for the city of Carmel. So we said, come on down. We're going to ask him all about it next on 93 WIBC. There goes the last DJ who plays what he wants to play. 93 WIBC, this is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Hey, Casey. Yeah. Did you, 
What? Are you going to ask me if I knew tomorrow's election day? Yes! Did you know tomorrow's election day? What? <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> and one of the things we're doing today is showcasing some of the big races across central Indiana. One of the biggest is the race to be the Republican nominee to be the next mayor of Carmel. And joining us now, Kevin Woody Ryder. He's one of those Republicans running. Woody, how are you? I couldn't be better. Glad now, to be here. Now, I asked April this, your campaign manager, yesterday. I said, he goes by Woody. Mm-hmm. Where did that name come from? Where did Woody come from, Kevin? When I decided I wanted to uh, own my own restaurant instead of doing consulting, helping other people, I bought a liquor license. I didn't drink, and I didn't go to bars. <laughs> but I'm going to own a bar. I went and got a part-time job as a bartender at night. And uh, with the high hairline, the glasses, people started calling me Woody. I love it. That's and great. It stuck. And the first night we opened at Woody's, 168 people came through the door. Uh, see, Casey, this is why our show's... Did you know, Casey, we're number one? <laughs> yeah, I heard why that. why our show's number one. We yes. ask all the hard-hitting questions. Exactly. We get I, information like that. Have, uh, Woody, have you been asked that question on any other radio show or any other media appearance you've done? Where the hell did Woody come from? I have not been asked that. See, yeah. perfect. So, seriously, though. <laughs> Breaking what, news. What, you are a member of the, the Carmel City Council... Uh, uh, I can't think of few things worse in life than having to be in politics or government. You've decided you want to double down and be the mayor of Carmel. Why do you want to do this? Well, other than losing 18 pounds and lowering my blood pressure by knocking on doors, do you want something else? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, it, I've served for 16 years on the city council and 12 years on the plan commission, one year on the Carmel Redevelopment Commission. So I pulled double duty. Um, this community gave me my life. I, at 21, I opened my first food establishment in Carmel. It was called Parcel Pizza. And, you know, they, it, my life has come from Carmel. I've enjoyed giving it back. I've spent 24 years at Northview Church. Um, and with this mayor retiring after 28 years, it's time for somebody with experience. You know, the most people say, what's the most important thing about this election? The most important thing is this election. We need some continuity. We need somebody with the experience that knows how to run what we did. And I've had 16 years serving with our mayor. I think that puts me in that position. I've also had a business in Carmel for over four decades. You know, it's, you know, I I take care of every dollar as a small business owner. You can't get more conservative than that. Yeah, I think there's something bold about somebody who's lived basically their whole life somewhere or the meaningful moments of their life somewhere and they want to want to get back to it. Woody Ryder's our guest. He's running to be the mayor of Carmel. Okay, so let's talk about Carmel for a second. Number one, just like in everything, you get number one rated schools, number one housing, number one best place to raise a family. Yeah, why are you guys so rich? Oh, that wasn't your question? No, my question (laughs) is, what is... It's the future of Carmel, and you're on defense pretty much because with all of these number one rankings and everything, it's almost like don't mess up. The key is be proactive. Um, Proactive is my word. We we use it with crime. We use it with fire. We always make sure that our public safety has the best of everything. And then for Carmel, it's, you know, the mayor did the roundabouts. he, He had a vision in 96 and created Midtown. It's going to be, what's the next best first? Mm-hmm. And what is that, in uh, your opinion? That's, I'm going to be looking for it. Okay. Uh, we, need, we need to constantly be looking for the next best first to keep us in first. Uh, now, you had mentioned crime, and we've seen, obviously, in Indianapolis, we've seen uh, the crime rising. And last week, we heard tales of it spreading out, and even um, Rick Snyder said it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to areas like Carmel. Uh, what do you think of that, and what's your plan to stop that? The best technology. Um, we know when you enter Carmel, if you have a warrant, 
connected to your license plate, every police officer in Carmel knows it when you enter Carmel. Um, you, you can't wait for it to come. You have to stay ahead of it. Uh, we, we pride ourselves, you know, our, our police chief, when he was on the drug task force, my favorite story he ever told me was I was doing a drug deal and the drug dealer said, I will meet you anywhere but Carmel. Uh, Woody Ryder is our guest. He's ready to be the mayor of Carmel. Voting. Do you know Casey voting is tomorrow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> May the 2nd. That's right. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about, uh, obviously, Casey touched on a little bit. You guys got a lot of nice stuff in Carmel. And there's a lot of people who have different views about the stuff. A lot of it is government-funded stuff. Uh, a lot of people are concerned about the debt in Carmel. Fred Glenn, one of the people you're running against, has kind of made that a, a focal point of his campaign. He did that in 2019 as well. How do you respond to that? Does Carmel have too much debt? Is it something the residents should be worried about? Or do you say, hey, it's all working. It doesn't matter. We'll get it paid off eventually. A combination of both. Um, you know, the, the debt has been used as a political football in the last few elections because somebody they needed something to go after the mayor. Without our debt, which in my opinion is an investment in our taxpayers, we wouldn't have what we have. We use 17% of our revenue to pay our debt. Only 13% of our debt is paid by property taxes. Our sewer and water pays 18% of our debt. Well, our user fees that pays that are 35 to 50% less than anybody around us. Our sewer plant processes wastewater from Westfield. I mean, we, we make money with our utility. So everything that we've done has had a plan. And yes, it's very manageable. You know, people like me, uh, you know, I'm a West Sider. I'm from Brownsburg. I just poke fun at Carmel and the reflexive pool and the, the taxpayer-funded hotel and the, the palladium. Do I just not get it? Do I not understand? Or I just need somebody to make fun of to feel better about myself? Well, actually, you just gave me a softball for one of the keys of my administration. That's what we do here. I went. We're I, just tossing them up, hey, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Communication. I, I think the key you got to give people the information. Um, people are uncomfortable with what they don't know. So I'm going to do information dump. I, I, I call it Carmel Finance 101. If you want to know it, I'm going to put together a presentation. You'll come to a school, and I'll show you top to bottom. What? Transparency in government? That's crazy. Kevin, you're going into the wrong field. We've spent a lot of time talking about property taxes, and of course, property taxes are affecting people in Carmel. Uh, What can you do about this? Is there anything, any way that the mayor of Carmel can help? Well, I I was disappointed that the legislature just recently on a Thursday night pulled three items out of a bill that would have helped with uh, property tax relief. Uh, the, one, the one thing that people don't pay attention to, and this will be part of that communication I was talking about, is as those tax increment financing bonds expire, that assessed value dumps onto our assessed value. Well, as uh, another mayor prior to me, mayor candidate prior to me said, when assessed value dumps in, it lowers the rate. Uh, Woody Ryder is our guest, running to be the mayor of Carmel. Now, we love a little bit of drama on this show, uh, Woody. You may have heard that. Maybe. One of your opponents put out some pretty serious allegations against you. We want to give you the opportunity to address them, saying, basically, you were trying to strong-arm people, vendors with the city, businesses who do business with the city, saying, well, if you're not for me, you're out of here come uh, come next year. Uh, Sue Finkham, drop the grenade. Would you like to respond to it? I would. It was absolutely not true. I was horribly disappointed in that. Um, You know, what's funny is I raised all of my money before Sue Finkham or Fred Glenn got into the race. 
I haven't had a fundraiser in 2023. Wow, that's pretty... No, nothing? Not one fundraiser. I've raised money because people have just given me money. I haven't had a fundraiser in 2023. Why would she say that? She seems like a pretty nice person. I've corresponded with her a couple of, of times. You know, I'm easily deceived as well, though. Uh, Casey had me totally snowed when we first started working together. Uh, <laughs> but what, why would somebody do, Why would somebody say something like that? Have you addressed that with her? Uh, I didn't give it... The credit, it, I, there was no reason for me to address it with her. I've denied it. Um, it's not true. I, I just I found it disappointing. Um, I've, I said when I started my race, it's writer for Carmel, not writer against Finkham or writer against Glenn. Mm. I'm going to stay positive. They can attack me all they want. I don't want to harm somebody else to get a job. Uh, Woody Ryder, our guest, he's running to be the mayor of Carmel. Voting is tomorrow. And let's talk about that real quick before I let you go. You guys, whether you're running for Carmel or Westfield or Noblesville or any local election, deserve a lot of credit because people don't understand the amount of effort and what an Operation Election Day is. What's Election Day look like for you? I mean, you got to get people to the polls. You got to get people putting out yard signs. That is a, a big, uh, for lack of a better term, it's almost a military type operation. Two weeks after the last election, I made my decision I was going to run for mayor. Um, so I've got a strong team in place. Uh, we have everything organized, and we are ready to go. I You've been be planning happier. this for a while. This is there's no surprises for you tomorrow. No, no. the it's 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 up or down tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know I I say if if I win tomorrow, um, I look forward to doing the job. I've I've put my time in. Um, I think experience is going to be the most important thing, and that's why I started three years ago. How confident are you? Uh, cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. Yeah. He's so calm. Like what, He's got a bit of swagger, it, though. It, you can't hear it, but there's a bit of swagger. You know, it, it's there's no reason to stress. I've spent 40 years working for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, in the restaurant business, you deal with stuff every day. Yeah. Um, I, I last... just admire the heck out of this, because before my election, Casey, I was up all night pounding Red Bulls. We were and, a trembling, sweaty oh mess. Gosh, I was like putting the signs out at 2.30 in the morning and calling people, and they're like, leave us alone. It's mm-hmm. 2.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. This guy is like nothing. Well, like he's mentioned, he's got some experience doing this. Yeah. So he's just leaning on that. Hey, Woody, people want to know more about your campaign. Um, if they want to learn more about what you, what you guys are, your vision for the city of Carmel, how can they do that? Well, it's writer for Carmel, but I did something a little unique. A week ago, I sent out a mailer to all of Carmel that had my cell phone on it. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Like is that. anybody texting you? Uh, I have probably gotten over 50 <laughs> calls or texts. Yeah. Yes. Anything inappropriate? No. Okay. No. It's, it, it, I, I've, it's been shockingly good. Casey, it's Carmel. They don't allow an appropriate Carmel. <laughs> That's quick, why they're number one in everything, just Rob. A vanquishment to the just to the sand dunes of time. If you're inappropriate in Carmel, I, I want to ask Woody one last question sure. before we go because um, you know we've been talking with the candidates of Westfield and they say they want to get hotels and things uh, businesses in Westfield to take away from Carmel. What what do you think of that? And what do you think that would do to Carmel? Well, I have appreciated all the business they've sent us, being, <laughs> being in the business I'm in. Um, but I will tell you, to me, every community in Hamilton County being stronger makes Carmel stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stronger county we are, so I look forward to working with them. Um, I don't think it'll take away from us. I think it'll just build. Kevin Woody Ryder running to be the next mayor of Carmel. Thanks so much for your time, and good luck tomorrow. My pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Good morning, it is 949. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the White House Correspondents' Dinner was held on Saturday. This is an annual dinner hosted this year inside the Washington Hilton. Drew thousands of guests in support of freedom of the press. (laughs) That is something that Joe Biden called the pillar of a free society, not the enemy. You mean the freedom to cheerlead for whoever the Democrat nominee for president is? Well, you know what? It's interesting that you say that because we'll get to the cheerleading in just a moment. But here is the White House Correspondents Association president. Her name is Tamara Keith. And she states all of the mainstream media outlets that have downsized recently. This is a challenging time for the news industry. My employer, NPR, just went through a painful round of layoffs and we aren't alone. ABC, BuzzFeed, CBS, CNN, Gannett, Insider, Vice News Tonight, The Washington Post. I had to alphabetize the list. It is so long. (laughs) Oh, NPR had to to have some layoffs. (laughs) Maybe if they told the truth. Well, you just hit the nail on the head, which is people... And by the way, think about NPR. That's a taxpayer-funded organization. Exactly. Think about where they'd be if we weren't subsidizing their bull crap. They'd have like two employees left. But this is, it's a business. People don't want the crap that you're shoveling down their throat. It's why CNN's in trouble. Because people don't want that. And yet these organizations are so wed to their ideology and promoting liberalism and radical left policies above doing their job, that they're willing to see the ship sink? While they're on it. There is no... And then joke about it. They are an arm of the Democrat Party. They are one and the same. And just like the Democrat Party... They're colossal failures. Yeah. Used to be that they would present facts and you would form your opinion. Now they give you your opinion and you have to determine what are facts in this story. The reason we do so well, we being this radio station, one of the most listened to by market shares radio talk stations in America. There's only maybe one or two in terms of major market talk stations that by market share do better than us is because we give people what they want and what they can't get anywhere else. A big reason, our show, you may have seen our ratings, we're doing very well. Yes. Like, very well. Thank you to the Um, listeners. Thank you. The reason we do as well as we do is because Republicans suck. (laughs) And people are sick of their crap. (laughs) And we're the show that talks about it. We're the show that talks about how people out there are feeling. 
how disappointed and disenchanted they are with the Indiana Republican Party and how they keep stealing money from people and 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 supporting their cronies and their buddies and angry red-shirted teachers at the expense of everyone else. If people didn't want that, they wouldn't listen. People listen because they believe it. And yet these other organizations look around and go, well, it's not fair that we're failing and we don't have any idea why. You're failing because you're not being honest with the people and they see through it. Okay, and to that point, at the dinner, reporters are cheering after Biden mentions his reelection campaign. Well, let's let's take a listen and then we'll discuss this. Yeah, I know. I just announced my reelection campaign. Okay, so this is a room full of journalists, and should they be hobnobbing and cheering with those in power? I mean, shouldn't this be more like the no cheering in the press box rule? When you go up to the press box, for example, you're at Notre Dame Stadium, and you're up in the press box, you're a member of the press, even if Notre Dame scores a touchdown or does something fantastic, there's a rule. You're not supposed to cheer when the opponent does something stupid and fumbles the ball or gets sacked. You're not supposed to cheer. You're supposed to be impartial. Yeah, but you also don't have Dan Devine up there. This is the equivalent of having Dan Devine. Dan Devine was a famous coach for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I believe won a, won a national championship at Notre Dame in the in the 70s. That's who you have up there. You don't have a neutral person. You don't have the sports writer. You have you have era Parsegian. Mm-hmm. You have Newt Rockney. You have people who are invested in the outcome. By the way, I've always thought that these uh, White House correspondence dinners, press dinners, whatever, these people essentially celebrate themselves. And I've always thought that the uh, the one that did it for me was, remember when Bush was president and... He had the impersonator there well, with him? it was when he started looking for the weapons of mass destruction and cracking jokes about it. Yeah. And it's like, as a person whose generation and my friends were the ones over there fighting and people are coming back without arms and legs and dying and mental, you know, disorders. Not funny, dude. Yeah. Not funny that your person, Colin Powell, manipulated data at the United Nations. Not funny. Glad it's funny to you. Why? Because your daddy was president and the head of the CIA and you're forever wealthy. It's a, That was so offensive to me where, well, guess we can't find him. Not funny. And none of these... These, it's like the Academy Awards, or it's just—it's just an opportunity for these people to celebrate themselves and say how great we are, and the politicians are in cahoots with them. It's everybody versus us, Casey. And they're walking a red carpet like this is a bit. This is a star-studded event. Okay, so Joe Biden, of course, is at the dinner, and he said that the dinner was a lot like his first two years in office. In a lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. I think what he means is that he'll bumble and lie for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and then stand there until a handler directs him. But again, laughing it off like everything's great and wonderful. There, there is no 
I mean, I shouldn't say there is no, but by and large, in the mainstream national media, there is very limited, there is a very limited amount of people who are actually still on the side of truth, who are actually still trying to find the information and relay it to you so that you can make an informed decision. You are being manipulated by a group of people who have a vested interest in the outcome, and the outcome is continuing to promote their warped radical left ideology above all else. They don't care about profit. They don't care about staying in business. They don't care about listenership or readership or viewership. That is totally a distant second to them continuing to try to manipulate your way of thinking based on the information that they provide to you. Those people that are speaking the truth now are what you would call independent journalists, and most of them now can be found online instead. Now, the event was headlined by comedian Roy Wood Jr. He's known for his role on Comedy Central's The Daily Show. Here he is roasting Trump and Biden at the dinner. Keeping up with Trump scandals is like watching Star Wars movies. You got to watch the third one to understand the first one. <laughs> then the, you, gotta, you can't miss the second one because it's got Easter eggs for the fifth one. Donald Trump is the only politician whose scandals got spinoffs on Disney+. Plus. Many of you, I don't even think you should be working that hard. We should be inspired by the events in France. They rioted when the retirement age went up two years to 64. They rioted because they didn't want to work till 64. Meanwhile, in America, we have an 80-year-old man begging us for four more years of work. (laughs) Begging. And Joe Biden is sitting there laughing and clapping and thinking that it's all hilarious. Nine years ago, Joel McHale was the host, and he was questioning Biden's mental capacity even when he was vice president. 957 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.